Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with women. Always just whole essence is to bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't, it's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show. Yes, it is. You already know what time it is on Saturday mornings. I encourage you to grab your favorite morning beverage, and I'm talking about your favorite morning beverage, and get ready for some real talk, real topics. Let's get it in this morning. I'm telling you, we have something exciting in store for you. This is for all the people that are married or in a committed relationship. And if you are just going through pure hell, H-E-L-L, I'm talking about the bottom of the pits, the darkest of the night, and you too, that's right, I said you too, and I'll explain that later, you too can't seem to see the light, and you're fighting your way through. This show is for you. Like you, this couple found themselves in a place they could hardly recognize. You know, those dark nights. I'm talking fights, abrasive behavior, emotional disconnection, infidelity, gross affairs, paternity issues, lies, lies, and more lies. I'm talking the kind of pain that most people would have given given up and walked away from. They have a message for other couples, and they are on the air with me this morning. As a matter of fact, in their bio, it says that their mess has become their ministry. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? Please help me welcome to the show Four Life Marriage Mentors, Reggie and Dee Scandrett. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am so thankful that you guys are on the show. I'm excited. I'm excited. You guys are a powerful couple. I just love to see people walk in in their purpose. You know, that that's a powerful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we're certainly humble about that. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. When you see stuff like that, you kinda of just want to get close and let the radiance just fall upon you. You know what I'm saying? When you see people who who, who making it happen, who doing it, yeah, you those of you want to get close. Where are you going to be so I can be there? Because you want to be encouraged by that. And so this morning, you know, I'm just so thankful that you guys are on the air being transparent. You know, especially us as African-American people, you know, we, we keep stuff in the closet. We don't put it out there on the table so that other people can learn from it. So I'm just, I, I appreciate your transparency this morning. Yeah, that's been one of the difficult things that we've gone through, um, particularly from an African-American perspective, but 
pretty much the way we were raised is that if there's an issue in your household, it stays in the household. And people subsequently died, literally and figuratively, because no one ever shared the information that they knew or should have believed would have changed someone's life. Yeah. And it takes a leader to recognize that. Now, this is not a gossip, this is not a gossip show. But uh, the, listen, the listeners do want to know, they, we want to talk about some mess. So let's okay. identify what kinds of mess could be going on or even that, that you guys experience it in your relationship. Well, as we have, you know, we, we articulate over and over and over again, it always starts off back from your childhood. So, of course, we grew up with both sets of parents being divorced and then remarried and some, in some cases remarried again. And, you know, we grew up seeing that kind of stuff. So that sends a stain on your perspective in life concerning love and relationships. So we went into this thing, high school sweethearts, um, thinking we, you know, had the world in our hands, we could do whatever, but we didn't have a clue as to what it took for us to truly love one another. So being in the marriage, you know, there was infidelity, there was cheating, there were lies, there was deception. There was, you know, heartache on top of heartache on top of heartache, and then children started coming. And as babies were coming, then there was other things that just, just kept impacting our relationship. Um, both of us had a sense of wanting to hold on, but we just didn't know how to hold on. We were making more of a mess out of this than we knew. It wasn't until now, almost 16, 17 years later, that we've gotten um, a firm grasp as to what it is, first of all, God wanted us to do, and then secondly, what we were committed to doing. And I guess throughout the show, we'll start maybe with questionings or whatever, um, trying to nitpick out those key points on what it, we did to keep the relationship going. Um, and I certainly agree with that. I think one of the things that I certainly want to put down is a point of contention. Is the one we met when we were, I was 14 years of age. And prior to that, everything that I learned in terms of my school of growth was all wrong, but I did not know it. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is that, for instance, my father, um, everything that he showed me was that you needed to have an additional woman on your side in order to solidify your quote unquote manhood. Wow. He even, he even went to the point where he would, I would beg him to spend time with me. Mind you, he did not. Uh, and once he got tired of me sitting on the sofa waiting for three or four hours on him, three or four days on him and not showing up, my mother would call, he would come get me out of anger, and he would take me over one of the women's houses that he was in a relationship with for them to spend time with me. When they mm. were done, um, spending time or whatever they called it with me, he would subsequently come back and get me, no conversation, mind you, drop me back at the house. When my mother would subsequently call him again, you know, he would get upset again and come back, never stayed with us, but he would come back and beat her to the point where he knocked a lot of her teeth out, where he knocked the unconscious, and I witnessed this type of thing, and he would tell me when he did talk to me that this is the way of manhood one-on-one. This is what you should do. And on top of all of that, he was a pastor. Wow. So when I met my wife at the age of 14, the things that I thought were 
at the time frame of being man-oriented was based off of the things that my father and the men around him in my life walked in as though it was a culture. So I subsequently embraced that the same. It does not negate the behavior that I've done. There's absolutely no excuse for it. But what it did do is that it made it very, very easy for me to walk in. Mm-hmm. Wow. And as, a, and as a part of that, um, it wasn't the abuse, physical abuse, because within his mindset, he knew he saw his mother suffer. So as a little boy, of course, he noticed, now, I don't want to cause that kind of pain to the person in my life, but the abuse happened emotionally. The abuse happened um, spiritually within regards to that type of mindset. And the same thing with me, having to watch my mother slowly go down the hill from not having the type of love that she needed in a relationship, kind of looking for love in all the wrong places, um, never truly ever getting over my father. Um, There was a sense of devaluing low self-esteem that I grew up with, trying to impart that with this guy who's coming to me in my life, not knowing what a man should really be. So, you see, we started off wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We just simply started Mm -hmm. off wrong. And, again, I think the bottom line from the very beginning, our wedding theme was for life. Um, we had, we came from, you know, his father was a pastor. You have the word. The word is a two-edged sword. Um, uh, you train up the child in the way that they should go so that when they grow old, they won't depart from it. All those things are true, but we seem to take this path of least resistance in order to live this thing called life. So for life came about from the early marital theme, and it just stuck with us throughout our marriage. What that for life is is just that. It's for life. It's a commitment. We just had to learn over time how we were going to go about being committed to each other. Dee, Reggie, tell me, what what was that? When, when you talk about um, just going through the mess and holding on, what was the turning point for, for you guys when you said, you know what, this is it. It's going to either have to get better or, you know, what? Talk to me. Tell me about that pivotal point, that deciding well, factor. Well, again, when we met at a very, very young age, I mean, at 14 to 15, you don't really know anything but what you have been influenced, influenced to know. So as we progressively walked through our younger, younger years and got into our early 20s and things of that nature, we, I think there are things that are innate in every human being that clearly identifies right and wrong. And regardless of what I was taught over the years, I was never, ever comfortable in the wrong that I did because things were innate in me. So wait a minute, this mm-hmm. just is not right. And the most tired that I got of being sick and tired, it fostered a change. And it was a very difficult change because I was never comfortable in the things that I did, even though I was taught to do otherwise. And I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when I knew that, hey, regardless of what you're showing me sporadically, missing father, I need to go another direction and to try to show some type of worth with respect to manhood, and walk in the direction of rightness. And i never forget the statement my father said to me, and it just sort of blew my mind, and particularly I would be trying to walk the right way. 
And I talked to him kind of disrespectful and said, listen, everything you've shown me has been a lie because of, which I, because of which I've been suffering, I've been going through, I've been challenged, and I continue to fall in the same areas. And his response to that was, listen to me, boy, and I quote, he said, I don't know of a done pastor that don't have another woman. Mm. Which floored me. And he knew that my part of trying to get right was trying to really tap into what I thought was a two-edged sword, which was spirituality, which it is. But at the time frame, which we all get caught into oftentimes, is that sometimes we look at the pastor as being more than what he or she should be. And that's what I was doing at an impressionable age uh, between 14 and my early 20s. That completely confused me. So, again, it sort of solidified, well, wait a minute, am I really supposed to be a man that actually goes out and have additional women, or do I follow my innate feeling of walking this thing right, according to me rightly dividing the word, and not listen to foolishness of falsehood leaders is what I call them. Mm. Ooh, Reggie, you better preach, Reggie. <laughs> I love that. I love to hear men speak. They're so powerful. I, I love it. Okay, so so back so back to that point where you guys have, you know, Reggie said just been sick and tired, sick and tired. What did you start to do to, to come through it? How did you begin to walk through and begin making a change? What did you guys do? Well, at, at that time, which is what I call with Reggie, is our epiphany. It was like one of those lightning bolt moments. It was either you going to piss or get off the pot pretty much. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? And in that statement, it's like, listen, we both grew up in divorced homes. We know what that feels like. Do you want to go your way and I go my way? What do we want to do? Both of us simultaneously said, no, we don't want that. And that didn't even have anything to do with the children. We have four children, two girls, two boys. Um, and with that, we decided at that point that we had to change the rules of engagement. We had to go back and start talking about, well, then what does love mean to you? We, we thought we discussed this when we were dating, but remember now, we started dating when we were in high school. What does relationship mean? What does commitment mean? What does marriage mean? What is your role as a husband? What is your role as a wife? All of that, we had to start breaking down ourselves. Of course, we connected into a great Bible-believing church. Um, in Ailey, we had the Spirit of God that was holding us together. We are human beings. We were um, full of errors. We needed to get that stuff corrected. But outside of the church pews, we had to make daily, sometimes moment-by-moment decisions to stay committed. Those were the first couple of steps. Okay. I'm sorry. And and subsequently, as we progress forward, one of the things I had to do, and I think that this will be a blessing to a lot of men, is that in order for me to understand my wife and me to do this transition and the change of a paradigm, I needed to enroll in what I call her university. And I think a lot of men don't understand that aspect of a woman because we try to generalize what we think women want, i.e. Valentine's. You go out and you buy candy and flowers. Well, who's to say that your lady like candy and flowers? And as enrolled, or as we enroll into the university of our wives or significant others, you begin to find out what specifically makes her tick or him tick. Mm-hmm. 
and you will walk that particular path without trying to generalize things that you think they would embrace. And as you enroll into one and one on one, trust me, you'll get feedback to subsequently promote you to two on one. But as a ongoing progression in this university that you simply do not have room for failure. And if there are some areas that you don't have a clear understanding in, it's important that you raise your hand and you ask for some tutorial sessions just to make sure to clarify what the need specifically is of your spouse. We don't do that. We talk to girlfriends. We talk to folks that we think that we can trust that give us wrong or information based mm. on their relationship, but their relationship is not your relationship, and it just puts us in this whirlwind of confusion. And let me add, Reginald sat through a lot of tutorial sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he sat through a lot of tutorial sessions. Hey, was, it, was, was it hands-on date? Was it hands-on tutorial sessions? Because yeah, I think yeah, they were hands-on. Hands-on tutorial. So, Reggie, listen. So what about what about the men who say, no, nah, let me just figure it out? What about that? Which I hate that phrase. I mean, no, let me tell you. We too old to be trying to figure it out. I already know. I can say you have the time. But look, is that a tutorial session? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Repeat it again. If he says... Let me figure it out. Like how you said, go to her university. Learn about your woman. Learn who she is, why she is, how she is. Ask questions. Have tutorial sessions. What about that guy who says he doesn't want to do that? He he want to figure it out. He don't want a tutorial session. He basically just want to walk in the class and just take a test. And he got no notes, don't have no book. He just want to walk in there and take the test and risk his task or fail. What do you say to that guy? Well, to that guy, bottom line, straightforward talk, he will be single in, uh, under the auspices of being married without knowing it. And the worst place in the world to be is in a household with a spouse or significant other who don't want you to be there. <laughs> but according to you, you're doing all you think you know to do to make sure that you are dwelling according to knowledge. But you're absolutely not dwelling according to knowledge because you're doing it your own way. And if you do it, quote, unquote, your own way, then you're single. I think Camille called it you're living the single life. That's what Camille would call it. And Stephen Covey um, mentions that with, a, like, a love bank, if you will, that for every eight deposits, you have to make that in order to take one withdrawal. That that lends to me a certain a certain level of of lessons learned, life learned lessons, things you've got to do for a person who doesn't want to learn how to become a better human being, a better husband, a better wife, a better mother, father, etc. You kind of well, you said real talk. You just stuck on stupid, mm-hmm. and being stuck on stupid, if you keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Then you've gone a little bit beyond stupid. Now you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Because in that craziness, you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, and then getting mad when you don't get the result you want. You've not made the personal investment to change your ways, but it really comes down to what Reggie and I have coined hot love conversation. And with hot mm. love conversation, hot is an acronym for honest, open, and transparent. And that's hard to do. 
that is very difficult to sit down and talk about what your feelings are, particularly from a man's point. You know, women, we emote. We'll talk all day. Right. Mm-hmm. With the mom, L-U-V, that's listening, understanding, and validating. And, of course, the pivotal to any good conversation or good relationship is to seek to under to, to understand, then to be understood. In relationships, we don't do that. We get hot and heavy. We keep going. We keep, I like the way he looks. I like the way he smells. He feels, blah, 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 blah. But when it gets to the crux of a marriage, that hot love for us seems to help us. In fact, we're in our area now talking to you where we do our hot love communication. And it's in our closet. We put pillows mm-hmm. on the floor. We sit knee to knee right in front of each other because, you know, after so long of cussing and pointing fingers and all that other stuff, We've been there. you get tired. But if you're mm-hmm. sitting knee to knee, kind of eye to eye, and we're having hot love, some hot love, that denotes some things within your, your, your body anyway. And to be able to talk honestly, openly, transparent, to know that we're listening, understanding, and validating, it truly does change some things. And we walk out of this room knowing that even if we don't agree, that we have truly learned to agree to disagree. But I love you. I'm not going anywhere. And when we get back to this next realm of talking, we're going to come up with something else. That's kind of how we've kind of gone through this marriage thing. And we can look back some 29 years later, having been together, and say, you know, I'm loving you more today than I did back then. Wow. Wow. Okay, wait, let's go back to the closet. Let's go back to the knee-to-knee conversation because, you know, I was stuck there. So, now, does this happen as a result of something happened, we had a fight, an argument, disagreement, so we go there like a timeout, like to work it out, or is this a routine thing that you guys do? No, it's kind of both. I mean, one of the things we try to do is is we do what's called a 3,000-minute checkup, like you do in a car. You know, if you drive a car past 3,000 miles, then you may have, without changing the oil, you may have some issues with that car. So we try to, you know, every 2.5 or three days, we try to take some time out to have just some us time. And one of the issues, you know, women can talk. I mean, studies have shown that you all talk about 100,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, men only talk about 10,000 words a day. But here's the issue. If there's really going to be some great forms of communication. You've got to have some uninterrupted time frame that you really are doing what we call some intimacy type of conversations, mm-hmm. you know, intimacy. You're actually looking into the person trying to see or understand what's going on. And that's going to have to happen without a guy or a woman looking at the television, having other distractions, things of that nature, because, as smart as I think I am sometimes, men are headliners. We don't multitask well. So if you're mm-hmm. actually trying to listen to what she's saying, you don't need any interruptions. That's why one of the reasons why we come into an area where it ain't nothing but clothes and pillows. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't I'm, surprised, I'm surprised you don't fall asleep, uh, Red. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we try yeah. to do it in the time frame we know we're tired, you know? Okay, okay. Well, the, okay, that's key. People need to hear that. Don't do this if you're tired. Okay. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Men are headliners. That that was well articulated. Wow, that was on point. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that I want people to also understand too is that, hey, man, you know, you, you're hearing some of the, I, I guess the, 
benefits of some of the struggle, but just like Frederick Douglass said, hey, when there's no struggle, there's no progress, we certainly went through a tremendous time frame of struggling. I mean, there were some choices that should have been made that were some some things where we were like, hey, you know what, man, I can't do this. You know, I, I might just walk away. You know, I might always give up, which, quite frankly, is the easiest thing to do in a relationship is to say I quit. It takes no effort. <clears throat> Excuse me. It takes nothing behind that other than walking away. But if you want to stay and if you want to try to change a generation, which is your specific generation, if you think about it, everybody that's attached to you is going to learn something from you in terms of your children, their children, and their children's children. So where does it change? Where does the fullness to stop? Key to that with uh, the, the 3,000-minute tune-up is, and in the relationship is, again, knowing the level of commitment. Now, that comes with great maturity, emotional maturity. You've got to know that you know that you know that this is your life partner for the rest of your life, even beyond, you know, death, if you will, because you want to live a legacy, leave a legacy for your children. And that individual commitment is the thing that binds you so that when the firestorms come, you know come hell or high water, back to back, we are with one another. That's, I think that's, if we can leave or walk away with anything from this um, conversation that we're having, that all is not lost. You know, some couples don't deal with infidelity and all of those things. It could be simply toilet tissue not turned over right, and it causes, you know, a breakup in a marriage. But it comes from that level of honesty and commitment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Are you there? We, you're leaving your seat. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, I, I really am taking notes, so I, I love the listening, understanding, and you said validating, right? L-U-D. Yes. Okay, okay, I got that. I'm going to actually post this information on the show page so people can have it. Mm-hmm. People can have it. Mm-hmm. What has hey, been hey. – go ahead, Reggie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just wanted to add, add a caveat to that, that I, mm-hmm. I really want all the men to know that with a lot of this investment that we're just talking it ain't just talking. I, I really saw a change in this woman when I really started enrolling to her at university, trying to find out what she liked, and then trying to implement it. It was a whole new woman. I'm like, well, where did this come from? You know? And I found out once those things were happening, I wanted to do them more because I didn't find, I never knew this type of woman existed. Wow. I think it's important to put that out there. So it was like a, Pandora, like a Pandora's box, huh? You just opened, you you unlash, you unlash doors, and you had keys to to um, parts of her that probably never been opened before. Right, which made me want to attend class more. I know that's right. And ladies, Go. be prepared to teach. That's a good thing too. Don't think that they always know it all. Be prepared to teach. Learn yourself, and then teach it. In terms that's of hard. That's hard to do, though. You're right. You're it, right. It, 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 yeah, it hard because and and I think that when some of us try to teach you, um, it, it's difficult in the sense that we can always tell how we feel and what and how what we want and all that. But sometimes um, the delivery, if it's not done in, in a certain way, um, he shuts down. You know, because that, that, sometimes it could be done in a way that's very offensive to him. 
You know, we have to talk to men in a certain way that is not derogatory, that you're not talking with, you know, to them in a certain manner because, you know, they're, you know, they're, like what you said, they're, they're men. And so we have to, it's kind of, that, that's a fine, that's a, that's very, that's challenging. Anything you can share to mm-hmm. to help that delivery process go across smoothly? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, man, men are men are men. And, and the biggest thing you, you better do, <laughs> women, is to dwell according to knowledge. Do not walk in as though you're trying to be the man for the day, and I'm telling you what you need to do. You've lost him in the first two seconds. Every man needs to be a phone. Every man needs to know that this is being done in a supportive type of way. Every man needs to know that I'm saying this out of love. If you do that, then you're dwelling according to knowledge, and then you become fishermen of your husband. You draw him in. You know, now you can push him away with all this trying to come off with all this hot and crazy and foolishness and aggressiveness. Well, we're breeding to try to fight that. So if you're trying to come off on us that way, trust me, you're going to have a fight on your hand, and nothing gets done. Wow. That's a formula to try to make sure that it goes across the right way. Okay. Well, all right, Reggie. Reggie and Dee, we've uh, enjoyed you. uh, Where can the audience get more information about you? And I understand that you guys come out and and you, you mentor couples. So tell us where we can get more information about you. Well, from time to time, we've been invited to churches um, and speak at churches regarding this. We hold quarterly um, couples discussions relative to a a myriad of uh, uh, issues concerning marriage, and that's just a small group of couples getting together, bouncing ideas after uh, off of one another. Um, We have an email that you can just email some information to us if you're interested in becoming a part of those small group sessions. And that is D R the number four L I F at bellsouth.net. If you just send us the information, we'll be happy to add you to our list. Um, our next one is coming up towards the end of April, and we're doing a little spinoff of um, Fifty Shades of Grey um, and how you know sexual experience and sexual tension seems to be helpful to couples. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again for tuning in uh, and chatting with me. Thank you. Reggie. Thank you. And listen, if you uh, want more information about them, visit the website, www.coffeetalkwithsoy.com. Also, become our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening again. And Dee and Reggie. I love that your mess has become your ministry. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I just love this show, Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com, as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. 
Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.